Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's epistle to the Galatians. And welcome to John Campbell, and welcome to Derek Walker. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, uh, John is going to read, I think, from verse 6 to verse, verse 17. Six to verse 17, chapter yes. Chapter 1, yep. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For I do now, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly jealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that through the gospel we are saved. Thank you that it reveals your wonderful grace. And thank you that it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And Lord, thank you for giving us faith to trust in you and to receive your free gift of salvation. Lord, thank you for the Apostle Paul who you specially chose to present this gospel to, to us. And Lord, we thank you for giving us understanding right now into, into Paul's heart and thought. Lord, as he brings the Word of God to us, thank you, Holy Spirit, for making it alive to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much. He, Paul is, is a prolific debater, as it were. Yeah. He, he, he goes into a forensic layer-by-layer argument, doesn't he, John? He does. He builds it up. You know, nuance upon nuance, and he—he he, just—he's a brilliant example. I mean, if you were called to debate anything, you want to structure your debate. Go and read Paul and, and make notes because he—he he knows how to do it, and he knows how to do it not only because he's a bright chap, but because he's been led by the Lord. And so, right. there's ev every reason to take him as an example. So if one thing's missed out of one verse, you, you find in the next verse, yes. then it's brought in That's right. to cover it, as it were. It is, it is. If you're, if you're dealing with people who are perverting or distorting, you've got to cover 
and you've got to cover it, and you've mm. got to cover it right from basics mm. build, and build up the picture, which is mm. which is what he does here. Um, he's scathing, of course, about these these people. I mean, yeah. it, the language is powerful stuff. Isn't it, it is really strong, isn't it? So let's go to Derek. What's um, yeah, where, where should we start? I, it, it, we got to verse seven, didn't we, last yes. week? But um, obviously, the context is people, these Judaizers. But it would apply to any group of people who would pervert or distort the gospel of the grace of God by adding human works, yeah. their own system of rules, laws, mm. requirements that we have to do in order to become acceptable to God. And that implies, you know, and that's why Paul takes this so seriously, it implies that the work of Christ on the cross is not enough, yeah. that, that it's lacking and therefore we've got to make up the difference, which of course we could never do. Mm. Uh, and so because it's a gospel issue, it, 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 it is something that Paul is absolutely strong on. Uh, and I think this helps us to understand, because sometimes in the church world, you know, we disagree, you know, you're a Calvinist, I'm an Arminianist or whatever, mm. Molinist. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, or there's many issues that yeah. obviously we might feel strongly about, um, but we wouldn't divide and say, look, I can't work with you because yeah. you, you believe this and That's right. you, I believe that. You don't believe in women in ministry, I believe in women. You know what I mean? We could I multiply know, yeah. these issues. Yeah. But, where, but there, there is a red line. Yeah. There is a red line you can't cross, and, and that is the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone is believing in a different gospel, you know, we, we can't unite with them. Mm. You know, we, we still love them, we still want to help them, and so on, but, but we cannot unite with them in, in, in God's work, because, and we cannot endorse what they're doing, because we, you have to draw that line. Mm. Otherwise, you, you lose any content, you lose yeah. any truth. And especially when you're sort of laying down the foundations. Yeah. You know, there, are, there are different sort of expressions that have emerged through the church age, but we've got the foundation. And the danger is if, if, if the foundation is on any one of these variations on the theme, that's then we're, we're, it's haywire. And that's it's why I don't believe the authority is, is from the church primarily uh, as an expression of the gospel. The, 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 the authority is from the Word of God. Yes, absolutely right. The gospel is the central message of the Word of God. Yeah. And it, it cannot be compromised mm. without compromising your whole, yeah. the whole, your salvation, yeah. uh, let alone your whole understanding of Scripture. Yeah. It is the kind of irreducible core. That's right. You know. It's the revelation yeah. of God through his word, because some would say, oh, well, God reveals himself to me, you know, through his spirit, and that should be of equal, because it's the same spirit, should be of equal um, authority to be what, what was revealed to the, the apostles and to Paul. But I, I, I think that that is a very dangerous approach. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just logically, it's, 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 it doesn't seem to hold together, because of the contradictions, then who do you, who do you listen to? Yeah, I mean, the thing is that this revelation, so-called revelation, must not contradict the Word of God. If it That's does, right. it's in, and and if it is in line with the Word of God, then clearly the Word of God is is senior, is is yeah. above it, because 
it's the benchmark, it's mm. the test. And, and by the way, it it's, is important with the translations that we have of the scriptures that we know what their, their root is and what their format is. I beg is. your pardon. No, don't worry. Um, <laughs> of what their format is. And so some translations are interpretations or, or commentaries on, on the literal verse, and some are um, actual whether or not it's intelligible, they are literal translation, translations yeah. that we can then sort of assess. I, I must say I like to have as many insights as possible on, yeah. on the verses, but not you know, change the original verses right. um, to, to make it sound better, which is basically the version I have. But I'm aware of its weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and, and the King James Bible and the New King James, you know, generally speaking, it's a literal and yeah. translation and we need you know as it were wise men in bible study to help us interpret it uh, but but paul is you know there, there's i don't know which layer to start with but um he, he he's gone through about the those um the different gospel he's used the term you've you've you've, ter you've turned away from the one who called you the verse six but then he, he and he says and some are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert, but I think we've got to verse 8. Yes, and he's really now emphasizing how, how essential the gospel is. Yeah. And, and he's, he's really saying uh, in, a very, in the strongest possible way, um, he is not pulling his punches at all. And um, let, let's look at yeah. verse 8 and 9. Yeah. But even if we... Now notice he's not just getting, turning against certain people... He's not in this emotional state. He's yeah. so upset with them, he's going over the top. He's saying, look, this would apply to me too. Yes. If you hear me preaching a different gospel, mm. um, even if we or an angel from heaven, yes. or I would say some spiritual vision or appearance of exactly. an angel that is claiming to be an angel exactly because it wouldn't be the otherwise we couldn't trust the words that gabriel gave right. know, <laughs> to, to joseph or mary or, or the however like. impressive a supernatural manifestation yeah. that's backing up this this yes. thing so for instance for instance with mormonism you the the claim is at least yeah. that some angel appeared yeah. to joseph smith yeah. and uh, somehow that validates the thing or somebody might claim you know, I've been to heaven and back and God told me to tell this to you or whatever, or an angel appeared we to me. We do have for that as yeah. well in, and then, in today's world. I'm you know, watching. and I don't deny that these things happen, but if it doesn't agree with the word of God, if it, especially yeah. if it gives a false Another gospel, gospel. Yeah. I don't care how impressive the supernatural manifestation is. But it's is. not it's an angel of God. We're saying that it's not an angel of God, aren't we? Well, an angel of God wouldn't do that. No. So he's using, he uh, knows uh, that. to ex emphasise the point, he's yes. using that as an example. Yes. I mean, I've, I've heard of people who claimed that Butt in, by the way, John, when I look yeah, at that's you. That's right. Yeah. They've, they've, hear, they've seen a vision of Jesus, they, they would say, or... Yeah. Um, well, I, a story that Kenneth Hagin tells yeah. um, is that he visited a pastor who was, I think, in his 40s, and uh, he's got cancer. And... Uh, Hagen uh, visits him and this pastor was saying you know Jesus appeared to me last night mm. and he said to me my time's up 
I'm going to die of this cancer and uh, it's God's will kind of thing. And, and Kenneth Hagen immediately said to him, that was not Jesus. Yeah. That was some A manifestation. false angel pretending to be Jesus. Mm. And then he shared the scriptures with him, how it was God's will to heal him and, you know, the, and the atonement and then that. And the guy believed the scripture and he received his healing and he got up. Wonderful. Wonderful. So you see, yeah. this is what that's Paul's right. talking about. Yeah, I don't right. care how impressive an angel appears to you, if what he tells you it doesn't line up with the gospel, mm. you've, mm. Got to, you've got to reject it. Mm. And you've got to realize that that is a false manifestation. Because yeah. yeah. the devil does that's the have point. the ability to counterfeit. That's the point, isn't it, John? He masquerades as an angel of light. He masquerades as an angel of light, yeah, he yeah. does. And, and it would be hugely impressive. I, you can imagine, I mean, yeah. it would be daunting. Um, uh, we were discussing earlier, we can't prove one way or the other, whether that's actually what Eve saw. Uh, a, a, an awesome spiritual creature who poetically is referred to as a serpent, mm -hmm. but it was actually the devil um, masquerading as an angel of light. And, right. and, and, and I mean, she would be much more likely to succumb to an argument from him than from a talking snake, I would argue. And, and, and the Hebrew, certainly, apart from that poetic sequence where yeah. in poetic language, yeah. where you, if, if, if the Hebrew word for brazen, I can't remember what the Hebrew word is, was not translated snake in the poetic bit. It wouldn't be translated snake in any of the rest. It's not consistent. Mm. And, and yeah. the fact that the devil can appear as an angel of light seems far more likely that that's what yeah. she saw. We can't prove it, but the yeah. point is it's impressive and people can be taken in by it. Unless you're rooted in the gospel, mm. you will be seduced. But it, but yeah, but it was the message that seduced her. Yes. Wasn't it? Yes. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, if, the, if the devil can masquerade as an angel of light, he can masquerade as anything. Yes. And he does. Yeah. Um, he, does. Know, he, he, was, he does. He's People, behind all these, but it's the message yes. that he gave, which it, was so that's beguiling. Right. That's right. Yeah. But it helps, you know, the, it's the, yeah. the, 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 the presentation and the representation helps deliver the message. Yeah. Like the story yeah, that Derek exactly. just told, this man thought it was Jesus and therefore right. believed the message. In fact, it was a lie. All yeah. of it was a lie. Good point. The supernatural gives, gives a sense of awe. Mm -hmm. It grabs the attention and, yeah. and, and it opens people. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but one must test it by the, by the word. Yeah. Uh, we should probably quote yeah. that verse, Let's shouldn't we? Exactly. Which is in um, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. Yeah. For such are false apostles deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Yeah. Verse 14, and no wonder, we shouldn't be surprised by this, yeah. this is what Satan does. Mm -hmm. uh, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light, yeah. which is a bit of a biblical basis for what and then John read, is saying. Read, um, verse, 15 15 well. verse 15 it, it's, is also relevant. Yeah. Therefore, because of this, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Mm. And that so is. There will be a curse. They, 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 they parade as servants of righteousness, which is almost like the yeah. Judaizers again. Well, it is, it's exactly. <laughs> it is. That's exactly it what is, it is. Because it, it will seem very, you know, and the, to, the, to these Galatians, here come these Jews with all kinds of awesome knowledge about the, the Jewish roots 
and all kinds of knowledge that they wouldn't know about from the Old Testament and yeah. from Jewish traditions, yeah. it will seem very impressive. You say, look, if you really want to know about the deeper spiritual life, we can tell you about that. It, yeah, it, yeah. They would have seemed very impressive yeah. with, with all their Jewish knowledge. And that then was seductive. Could we read 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2, um, uh, which, is, which is, again, this is the alternative, is what Paul does. So Paul isn't masquerading. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2. We have renounced. We have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, yeah. commending ourselves to every man's conscience yeah. in the sight of God. Yeah. So speaking yeah. it clearly, plainly, that's Paul. Yeah. He's not sort yeah. of trying to create a smoke screen, screen, he's saying it out of this. Mm. And then Peter says, we haven't used, you know, fables. You know, we saw him on the holy mount. <clears throat> um, you know, we're, we're declaring a truth um, plainly and clearly. Mm. Not using cunningly devised fables, I think he uses. As a yeah. Term. yeah. So, yeah, so to read verse 8 properly, Galatians 1.8, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, Yep. So there yep. is only one gospel yep. to you than what we have preached to you. You might think, you know, a mild rebuke might be in order, but no, nothing of the sort. Yep. Let him be accursed. Now, that's yep. the strongest mm. possible word he could use, anathema. Yep. Let him be anathema, which I think corresponds to a Hebrew word, um, which basically means devoted to destruction. Bit like Jericho, uh, I can't remember the, the, the oh. Hebrew word right now, but any Karim, something like that, Karim. Mm. Jericho was devoted to destruction. They, mm. they weren't allowed to take any spoils from it. It was devoted to destruction. Yeah. And so what he's saying is these people are under the judgment of God. They are devoted to destruction if they yeah, don't. To repent. hell. That's exactly. how serious this, this, this issue is. Very is. serious. Yeah. yeah, very, very and serious. Then he, then he repeats it just in case. We might think, well, he's just emotionally upset right now. Yeah. He doesn't really mean it, you know. <laughs> yeah. He says, as we have said before, so I now say again. In other words, he said, look, yeah. I mean what I say. Yeah. It's the double yeah. emphasis. Yeah. If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, that's right. let him be anathema. So, by the way, that's not just the double. He's added what you have received. He's sort of actually pulling another string, yeah. as it were, in his arguments. You know, you've received this. Yeah. So it's not just that they're going to be cursed and double cursed. It's, you know, just remember, you've received, you've received this yourself. The gospel that Paul preached and yeah. that they received. Yeah. And he is saying, really, why is he so serious? First of all, I would say it's because this a false gospel attacks the glory of Christ. And that's very serious because you're saying what Christ did is not enough. So we've got to add to what he did. Yeah. And that diminishes the work of the cross. It diminishes God's glory. Yeah. And secondly, it's serious because it will lead to people's eternal damnation. Yeah. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So these false teachers, and it's particularly the curses against false teachers, mm. false preachers with a false gospel, they are not only hurting themselves, but they are causing other people to be lost. And remember what Jesus said about, you know, if you are an, if you are an offense 
to a young one. Yeah, It'd be better for you that a millstone was tied round your neck and you'd be thrown in sea yeah. because you are causing others to lose their salvation. That, yeah. That's why he's so strong. It's really, really strong. Yeah. Let him be devoted to, be destru yeah. to destruction. So it's, it's depersonalized. It's not subjective. Mm. It's not whether it's from Paul or from angels or from anyone else, if, if it's another gospel. And then it is um, what has been preached um, and what they have received. So, he, you know, he's actually, he's, he's not repeating himself. He's adding mm. this angle, that angle yeah. to re-emphasize, to reinforce the point. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine him. I, I can imagine him. Yeah. Right? Imagine him dictating to his scribe, you know, this is going on. And you can feel the passion in the man, yeah. you know, and he, 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 got to get it right. <laughs> yeah. he, he, here he is reciting uh, um, to his scribe. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than we have preached to you, let him be accursed. But this passion is building up yeah. and he rounds up yeah. and says, no, but as we have said before, the yeah, next yes. verse, and yeah. he says it again, he's yeah. got to get this point over. Exactly. This is not casual language. No. This is hugely important. This, yeah. is, this is life or death. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 these people, the, the Judaizers, the false teachers, over there, they're under God's condemnation. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. This is not the gospel. Yeah. This is, this is a, an apostasy. Yeah. It's hideous. And, yeah, exactly. And then, and then the next verse is those who are insinuating that he's out for something to win approval of yeah. men or of God. You know, he's just literally out for his own sort of uh, uh, self-aggrandizement. He's aware of that accusation as well, yes. and so he covers it. And to, just to emphasize, he's, although it's directed against those who are teaching a gospel of works, yeah. but the implication is that they are doomed to destruction because they're leading others to destruction. In other words, if you b believe and put your trust in a gospel of works, mm. you too are doomed yeah. to destruction yeah. Yeah. because there is only one salvation and that's by grace. So and you're leading an example for others. So, yeah, but the whole world is almost preaching that gospel of works, aren't they? So it's a, he's talking to most of our society today. It's yeah. powerful. He's actually saying this is the wrong gospel. I, I, I know it's the context of those who, who have been within the household of faith. He wouldn't maybe use that that language at Areopagus, say, in Acts 17. He, he would probably be a little bit more um, gentle, leading them into the revelation of who the unknown God is. But for those who have yes, been in and heard the gospel and been in the household of faith, he's shocking he, them into he, repentance. He knows that if this got caught hold within the church, yeah. it would destroy the church from within. Yeah, yeah. yeah this legalism, so he's got, he's got a fight. And I think what he's saying now in verse 10, I, do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? Yeah. I think one of the accusations that these legalists had against Paul is, yeah. oh, well, you're just, you, you're pleasing the Gentiles. You're giving them a soft gospel. You know, you're taking out the law of Moses. You're taking out, you're just telling them what they want to hear, that yeah. it's just free. You know, you're just a man pleaser, Paul. Exactly. Yeah. And he's saying, man, you know, what he's saying about the serious warning. Yeah. This is not the kind of language a man pleaser uses. That's right. You know, That's right. Because Paul, by saying something like that, he's 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 going to upset a bunch of people. Mm. 
isn't he? Saying, look, you're, you're accursed if you exactly. believe any other so gospel. So we definitely know he's not a man pleaser. I'm not a man pleaser. Such a man's praise is not from men, <laughs> but from God. But then he adds in, um, I'm not even doing it. I'm not a God pleaser almost. But so he's, it, because the, the people who are, who are doing salvation by works, they're the ones who are trying to please you know what I mean? Oh, he's yes, actually arguing, he's actually saying that there's, there's no logic yeah. to saying that I'm trying to be a God pleaser. I'm actually um, receiving from God. That's the gospel, yes. his grace. Yes. Have I read too much into that? No, no, I, that's um, an interesting that verse 10. Yeah, yeah. He, and he's, well, he's affirming particularly, he said, if I, if, if I pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Yeah. Now, of course, we should please men. I mean, we're not out to displease men. Yeah. But what he's really saying is, as a ser- if you're a servant of God, you, you, first of all, you must please God. Yeah. Yes, we want to please men. We want to present things in a way that's yeah. acceptable and pleasing. But our first priority is to speak what Christ wants us to speak. Yeah. Pleasing men is a secondary issue. Could I just get your verse then, verse 10? Just read the beginning of verse 10, John. Um, just in case I've got it completely wrong. For do I now persuade men or God? That's it. So, so what I've got is, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Mm. Um, and so his argument is that he's, uh, he, he's actually trying to win the approval of God. Yeah, that the words that he has just spoken, he wants them to know this is from God. Yeah. This yeah. is not just him. That's him. Um, you know, if he was preaching the gospel he preached because it would be a popular message that, because, That's and that was the accusation really. Yeah. yeah, you're getting a lot of success with the yeah. Gentiles because you're telling them, you're titillating their ears. Yes. You're, you're telling them what they want to hear, yeah. you know, which is quite a crafty argument in a way. And um, he is saying, no, that is not my nature. I'm actually speaking this from God. So I always see parallels with Romans, you know, and, and Galatians. Just you know, it's, it's more spread out in Romans. But the, at the end of chapter two, he says, "A man is not a Jew who is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, and not by the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God." It's basically yeah. um, two or three verses for what he's saying here in this one verse. That's right. That, that you, we're looking for the praise of God, not of men. We're looking for inward, you know, hearts, circumcision, not outward, you know, ritualistic, man-pleasing, you know, show-offery. We, we are actually looking for... Bottom line, no one can line. serve two masters. So if you are a servant of God, and if that contradicts you pleasing men, you serve God, even if it displeases men. Yeah. It's nice when you can do both, but you, you are here to please God. Mm. And that's, I think that's what he's saying is, first of all, the way I spoke so strongly, that shows you that I'm not a man pleaser, what they claim. Mm. I'm not just trying to keep everyone happy, yes. you know, by choosing my words carefully. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm not of that nature. Yeah. 
Uh, and, but secondly, he's saying, I want you to know that I'm not expressing my personal peeve. I'm, yeah. I'm speaking as a bondservant of Christ. Yeah. I'm telling you what Christ is saying. In other words, mm. if you, this is not just me saying this, I'm speaking the yeah. word of God. Yeah. That if you adhere to a gospel of works, you are doomed to destruction. Mm. Set apart to destruction. That's right, and and the question, or the question being presented by the Judeans is is straight from the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? And it's that question which keeps repeating itself all through history. Did God really say? Yeah. Um, we need to look down and complicate this and bring in the law of Moses and everything else because this is too good to be true, right. and it's just going to encourage licentious behaviour. That's right. Mm. That is right. That's right. It said nothing has From changed. From a human perspective, yeah. yeah exactly. Nothing has changed. Exactly, exactly. Yes, so... That leads right into the next verse. Yeah, so we're he's, really he's, rattling he's along now. <laughs> we're in verse 11. <laughs> <laughs> this, is this is coming from God, he's yeah. saying. Mm. And that's, that's his claim. Uh, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. Yeah. Okay, that's his central claim mm. that he's now going to back up in the next verses. Mm. This is, this is, I am not speaking from myself. Yeah. I am speaking as a bondservant of mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. I am speaking the message that Christ himself gave to me mm. and commissioned me to preach. Mm. It is not from man, it, it is from God. So yeah. if you reject my gospel, you're actually rejecting God. Yeah. Yeah. And you're dooming yourself to destruction. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very I strong know. claim. It is really, know? really strong. Um, and then that's when he gets into his biography yeah. of his salvation just to prove that mm. point that mm. the message he, he got is not something he invented yeah. or that he learnt yeah. by tradition. So another, another Romans line, this is in chapter 3, where he says, some, may, some claim that some may say and some claim that I say, let us do evil that good may result. And then he says their condemnation is deserved. He, 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 there are people out there hitting him from different sides, aren't there? Mm. You know, and even falsely saying what Paul, you know, actually false, misrepresenting what he's saying, he's deliberately doing yeah. it. It, um, it, it, it. It makes sense to me, and I never really thought about it until we decided to do this book, uh, uh, where Galatians fits in the history and the chronology yeah. of Paul's writings. And, and Derek makes a convincing case for it being his first letter. Mm. And I think it is convincing um, because you see Paul building upon his arguments mm. in Galatians in other epistles. He, Correct. He's carrying this thing forward. And yeah. while you were talking, I, you know, I, I was thinking of what he said in 1 Corinthians 1, where he says in verse 17, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And this is the point. It is foolish. They cannot accept it. It's too simple. Yeah. It's too straightforward. It can't be true. Yeah. It's foolishness, but they're perishing. Mm. That's right. And, 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 and they want others to perish with them. So to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Mm. Isn't, it Isn't that wonderful? And the thing about the cross is that it, it absolutely strips away any other, any other claim mm. it? Yes. to our salvation. It's just way out there, way, way, and in, in fact, a bit, bit further in Corinth, in that, but yes. in that um, chapter, chapter he, three, he, he says it. So no man can boast. <laughs> no man can boast. Yeah, that's the point. Because there, this other gospel is a gospel of boasting. Yes, 
It's a gospel of achievement. It's yes. a gospel of showing off. It's a pharisaical gospel. Yeah. Sorry, we're, we're, we're just at the end of... Well, that's what that I know chapter yes. 3 will spend... Yes, time. we but will. Verse we 1, will. he says, you foolish Galatians. That's why he, he says, don't you realize yeah. what the cross means? If yeah. they ha you haven't thought it through, if Jesus was crucified for you, yeah. there's no room for self-righteousness. Correct, correct. And he says, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Yeah. In other words, the, the cross of Christ Absolutely. destroys any false gospel yeah. once you realize what it means about the human nature and, yeah. exactly. and pride. Yeah, but Paul, uh, sorry, not Paul, John, you're not there yet, but John's, <laughs> I mean, John's pretty a cool name. But um, this point about how there is this sort of expansion of Galatians in the other writings, yeah, later writings of Paul. Yeah. Especially Romans. Uh, that's yes, the point. Other yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah, big time, big time. So, um, you know, I, I, Paul is developing in Romans 3 the, the arguments uh, about... Um, um, it being God's, God's righteousness, so God's word would be proved. And then, then he says, um, Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and he even says it a bit, a bit later after he's talking about the real distortion. He says, whatever the law says, it says to those under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced. The whole world held accountable mm. to God. Expanding it. Yeah. yeah. You know, the... the there is no roots, you know, Jew or Gentile, um, to salvation by works. Mm. That's right. I'm using the example of the Jews who, more than anyone else, um, follow the law, have the works, but uh, yet um, then he moves on and says, you can't be, he says, actually, through the law, you become conscious of sin. No one will be declared righteous by observing the law. Mm. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. But then he goes on and says, but now a righteousness apart from the law, to which the law and the prophets testify. Mm. So Paul is not throwing the baby out with no. the bathwater. Mm. That's, the That's the other danger. So I, I said at the end of the last, last week's um, Bible study, when we were talking about grace, again, the danger is they, people then twist that into hyper-grace, as you mentioned. Yes. Uh, but also the danger of... Uh, of, of saying, no, we're not under the law, is let's throw away the Old Testament, <laughs> the law and the prophets. But it's, it's the righteousness to which the law and the prophets testify. So they are very important. You know, that Moses, the law of Moses makes us conscious of sin. It's very important. It prepares us for grace. It yes. prepares us for grace. And the other and thing about hyper-grace is like he says, you're not under law, but you are under grace. Yes. All right, so grace comes to you from above. And you have to surrender to the grace of God and receive the grace of God yeah. and come under the, and the grace of God, it really it empowers you to live a good life. Yeah. And so you can't, you know, um, it, it's a nonsense to say that if you're really under the grace of God, you're going to live a sinful life because yeah, it's the grace of God that will actually empower you. It's yeah. a complete nonsense. Actually, you're moving under a different law. <coughs> we're no longer under the law of Moses, but we're under the law of the of life in Christ Jesus, or is the law right. of the spirit of life is yeah, in Christ Jesus. Right. We're yeah. under a different law. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah, which isn't... overcomes the oh, law of sin and death. That's right. What the law was powerless to do, yeah. and it was weakened by the sinful nature. In other words, yes, built on what is written in Galatians is this, is this expansion that's basically 
whacking down. It's like these little heads of heresy bobbing up and Paul is hitting them one by one, yes. by one by one. And, and there are requirements as well, because I, I've said before, you know, the, 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 the gospel of grace is not something floating off in outer space yeah. by itself, completely alien. It's all under the government of God. Mm. So the, 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 the gospel of grace sits there with God's, within God's huge governmental structure. And, and some of those we'll find out when we get to glory, you know, mm. I think it'll be fascinating. Mm. Um, and, uh, but we move under a different law, um, which is not legalistic in the sense that our future is dependent upon it, but uh, the Lord requires, you know, he requires us to behave in a certain way. And, and the epistles, uh, the gospels partly, but we have to remember historically where the gospels are placed. We have to read the gospels with discernment Mm. Um, see what applies to the fact they're still under the old covenant and what is prophetic about the future. We need to be careful how we handle the Gospels. But then once we're into the letters, they're telling us how to behave. Yeah. And, and that's where we get the, I, I hesitate to use the word rules of behavior from, but you know what I mean. Walking in the Spirit. Walking the in the Spirit. Life. It teaches us how to walk in the Spirit yeah. and teaches us how to recognize what is walking in the flesh. Mm. And so that as we go through however many years on this earth we have between coming to salvation and going to glory, yeah. that is worked out in our lives. Yeah. Mm. A little foretaste. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Very good. So verse 11. Yes, yeah, so verse, tw verse, verse 11, 12, sorry. No, verse, verse 11 yeah. is, is his claim yeah. that uh, what he's preached is not from man, yeah. but it's from God. In other words, he didn't invent the gospel. He didn't learn it from someone yeah. by tradition. And then he backs it up. The next few verses, really, he gets into his autobiography, yes, exactly. but particularly, first of all, his actual conversion. Mm. What happened before his conversion, at his conversion, and after his conversion, all support the claim that his, ex his experience and his gospel is from God, not from yeah. man. Yeah, so a great argument. It's very persuasive, isn't it? Because look at where he was pre-conversion. Exactly, and that's what he does in verse uh, 13 yeah. and, and 14, I think. Yeah. He says, you've heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure, and tried to destroy it. So he was fanatical mm. in, in, in doing that, as mm. we know, getting uh, people into prison. He would also vote against them, like Stephen, if they were going to be executed. He would put his vote for their execution. And, um, and he was almost like the ringleader because everyone gave their coats, you know, hung yes. their coats to him, as it were. Right. You know, he was like the guardian. He, he was the number one fanatic. Of the execution, yeah. And he yeah. says beyond measure, like mm. totally fanatical, over the top, you mm. can imagine, mm. an extremist. Yeah. And he says, and I advanced in Judaism beyond me many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. So we know this kind of religious fanatic, mm. totally against Christianity, totally against Christ. Mm. That, that makes no sense. That's what o I think. It's only, not logical. What he's saying logical. is only God could turn him around. You know, in, yeah. in his normal course of thinking, he isn't going to, in that, that kind of person is not going to 
come round by himself. Yeah, I mean, some people say they have a kind of Damascus conversion, but yeah. nothing quite like, Not you know, Paul. The, yeah. um, I, I, I have a view that the Damascus conversion was a bit more gradual than we think. Not the physical act on, mm. on the road to Damascus. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But I think Paul was struggling. And I, I, you know, he was doing what so many people do. When they're guilty, they just dig in. <laughs> yeah. And Paul was digging in. Yeah. He'd, he'd seen Stephen and he'd been hugely upset by it, mm. um, he, to, probably confused, and he was on the road to Damascus. He was trying to suppress all these feelings. Mm. But the Lord says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you kick against yes. the traces? Yes, in true. other words, I know what's going on in your mind, Saul. Yeah. I know what you're struggling. Listen, it's true. Yeah. And then, you know, there's great revelation. That is good. It was under that conviction. Is good. But you're yeah. slightly undermining our argument here that, that God, was, God was doing the work. Yeah. So I agree with you that it was slower than maybe yes. instantaneous. There was a lead up to it. And it was from God. Oh, it was a revelation a from no, God. It, it wasn't was him working out no, no, the logic. No, no, Paul isn't no. saying, yeah. No, he, I'm not saying that. He, yeah. he didn't go through a process of, of you know, evolving thought. Yeah, putting to, post-it notes yeah. around to, every to argument. And, yeah. Yeah. Invent the gospel. That, That's you know, point. it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Somebody like that is not emotionally disposed, you yeah. know, to suddenly, only, yeah. only the, God can explain the yeah. change in Paul. Yes. It, it was an intervention yeah. of God. Yes. And that's what he's saying is what what I'm telling you is is straight from God because and, and you the can't insights, explain this from the insights are not level. human. And, and if you no. memorize a lot of scripture and uh, Paul's writings, the way it all zaps together, it couldn't it can't be crafted even no. with the best word processor which he didn't have. That's right. You couldn't you couldn't do you it. Couldn't do it, no. And and when the Lord said why do you persecute me? Or just on that alone, yeah. Paul gets a massive revelation yeah. of the body of Christ. And yeah. um, yeah. that it's, it wasn't just a, a, a club in Jerusalem or a club in uh, Damascus or wherever else. It, it was it, it, the actual, it was part of the body of Christ. You got that revelation. The Lord said it to him. I know. And the, the point he's making, of course, is that this kind of religious fanatic, and we know... Yeah. This kind of yeah, in different they're, religions, they're but out there. you know, this kind of person to explain a kind of total turnaround, uh, an opposition to everything he was before, you can only explain that 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 was a divine intervention in yes. his life. There is no other. I, I there's no human explanation for that, especially given what he did. So by the time he had written <clears throat> to this letter to the Galatians, it was very much more than just him changing his mind on the road to Damascus. Oh, yes, he's it's spent, just a he, whole epic. He spent three years one-on-one -on -one with the Lord in the yeah. desert somewhere. I mean, this has been, yeah. you know, this is it. It's, it. That he says it's a revelation uh, from Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, so in verse 15 and 16, now, so that's before conversion. Yeah. Now he talks about his actual conversion, yeah. okay, which yeah. also proves this point, that it was a supernatural mm. work of God. Mm. When it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. So he's now talking about the actual moment yeah. of conversion. Yeah. And he is saying that he's talking, somebody pointed out, it's quite interesting, before it was I, 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 I persecuted the church, I was zealous yeah. for my traditions, yes. and then suddenly it's all God. 
Yeah, that's really God called me. God separated me from my. It's all the yeah. grace of God, you yeah. know. Um, God called me through His grace. Again, you Could can't explain just before his conversion. conversion any other way. Yeah, just before that. So, verse fourteen, he was advancing, you know, beyond his years. So, at a very young age, just imagine the Jewish culture where he is, as it were, he's under Gamaliel. He is. He's basically being primed for. As, as you, I think, said last, last week, to, to, to be a prince of mm. Judaism, you know, in terms of, you know, a, a rabbi. Mm. And, and so uh, this is also completely counter-cultural and counter-intuitive that a boy who is absolutely steeped in the Jewish faith and Judaism, mm. at that point, yeah. you know, you're on a trajectory yeah. at a young age. At that point, to turn against your whole culture is not, not normal. He's not emotionally disp yeah. disposed toward that. Yeah. And you can only explain it by the divine intervention. Yes, that's the point. And yeah. he's saying that's the only rational explanation. Yeah. And he said it's because God has called me before, from my birth. Yeah. To, and he has called me through his grace. And that, of course, is talking yeah. about this calling to himself by his grace to reveal his son in me. Now that's, that's a wonderful phrase yeah, as well. I, isn't I, it? I want to interject something here mm. because Paul is using Old Testament language here. He's seeing a continuity of calling. Um, in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, it, 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 the Lord says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Mm. And you've got a similar thing for Isaiah in 49, Isaiah 49, 1. Um, it says, Coastlanders, listen to me. Distant peace people, pay attention. The Lord called me before I was born. He mm. named me while I was in my mother's womb. Mm. And, and so Paul is using Old Testament language here yeah. to explain some sort of continuity of mission, as it were, yeah. um, recognizing who these prophets were. The, you know, the, the prophets who Jesus said, you, you killed them, you murdered them, you just cut them in half and everything else. The scales have fallen from Paul's eyes yeah. now. And he's seeing this continuity and he's part of that great yeah. line of tradition of bringing truth mm. to, the, to, the, to the Gentile nations. Yes, mm. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely wonderful. Um, so God's grace, in a way, starts from eternity. Yeah, yeah. And it's manifested mm. In our calling, love Psalm one three nine because there was that, that that passage from Jeremiah. Oh yes, I'm back. Mm. definitely parallels. Yes, awesomely, wonderfully you. made. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, so I, why I should we that. claim anything? I mean, no. you know, if He's chosen us, you know, in the womb. Yeah. You know, right. It's all it's grace, isn't it? Yeah. Has yes. to be grace. Which takes us back to Ephesians. You know, we, yeah. um, before the foundation of the world, yeah. I knew I you. I know, chosen in Him. Chosen in him. For the foundation of the world. Yeah. Can I just stop there? Because when things are said, I, I want to just um, drill into that. Um, is that corporately or individually? So um, called, That we're called from the foundation of the world. I believe that's individually. Yeah, I do so too. So do I. Yeah, individually. So good, we're on the same page. Yeah. We won't argue about that then. Let's but get that's back. A, that would to... be a thing by itself, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it would. But I love that next phrase, to reveal his son in me. Yeah. Yes. I, I can see th three three things in that because some translations say just it reveal his son to me, which mm. would be what we'd expect him to say. Mm. And of course, that happened. Jesus appeared to him, 
um, and Jesus was revealed to Paul, you know, physically. Mm. Um, but it, he says to reveal Christ in me. So that certainly means that while he was experiencing this outward vision, not vision, but actual appearance of Jesus, Jesus was also illuminating him on the, in, in his heart. He was giving and having an inward revelation as to who Jesus is. He was suddenly the, 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 the light of the glory of God, of the gospel really, shining out of the face of Jesus Christ. He suddenly knew Jesus on the inside. He realized who he was. It wasn't just an impressive outward no. No. manifestation. And again, that it was a revelation it, in his exactly. heart. Exactly, and actually it, it's, it could only be you know, that, that, that's like a truth that you're not going to get. It's not logical, your truth, is it? It's, it's that the, he would be revealing himself in me. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful spiritual truth that the Lord has revealed to, to Paul. It's not, a, it's not a playground tiff going on here. You no. know, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, that, at that superficial level. He's re I think by the time the readers get to this point, they're, he's really got their attention. He is saying, this is my experience, and my conversion was a work of God. Yeah. And, and therefore, I'm, my calling is a calling from God. He's validating it from yeah. his own experience. Yeah. But, you know, he's, there's another level to that as well, because, you know, and I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians. I might check that out in a sec. Yeah, okay. But basically, he, comp he says the same God who said, who spoke light into the darkness, right. has spoken into our hearts yeah, that's right. through, the, through the gospel yeah, of Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. Now, when God spoke, light be... You don't need to check that out, by the way. That's yeah, correct. That's yeah, accurate. That's about right. <laughs> he spoke, light be, yeah, yeah. and of course, light was. So through the gospel, God shines his light into our hearts, mm, mm, and that's a reality. Mm. And Paul had that revelation of Christ in him, shining in him, and he embraced the light. I mean, you, he had to receive that revelation. He had to welcome it. He had to embrace it. Yeah. Grace comes to us, but we have to embrace it. And he received that light, and when he did, Christ was birthed in him. He was born again in that yeah. moment. Yeah. He received the revelation, and so when he says, Christ was revealed in me, you see, he's actually talking about his new birth. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus, when he accepted the grace of God, Jesus, um, he was born again. Christ came inside him. Yeah. The Son of God was revealed inside him, yeah. and he was born again. And so in the same way, God speaks through the gospel, the light, mm -hmm. and when we accept the light of the gospel, praise God, mm. we are born again. And that's what Paul is saying in Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4. For 2 Corinthians. God who commanded the light to shine hath shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and that's in the, the face of, of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the grace of yeah. God. And, and that was countering the that. God of this age that's blinded the minds of unbelievers. That's the previous verse. So God gives us it through his word. We just have to accept that word by faith <clears throat> and then light is created inside us. Yeah. Our spirit that was in darkness now, mm. when we receive the word of the gospel, mm. it, create, it turns our spirit from yeah. darkness to light. Christ is in us now. Mm. We are born again. Mm. 
And that's what he's saying happened the, to him. The light, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. And the yeah. tragedy is those that have, as it were, the darkness, tragically, they don't see. They need. They, they're not going to see, however persuasive our you know, discussion and argument is here, they need that light to shine within them yes. and not from outside intellectually or you know, by some argument. Sorry, John. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. I just you said yes, you. and you nearly... Yeah, I, I just yes to yeah. in agreement. It's, it's a wonderful thing, and it's really humbling. Yes. Because, yeah, how, how does God break through into darkness? Well, it's very, very simple. I mean, as far as God's concerned, he tells us. It's, it's just the gift it's and, in, in, in Ephesians. Just Again, thinking he tells of him. how he does it. The gift thinking of, of a hymn, and how shall I, whose native sphere is dark, whose mind is dim, before the ineffable appear, and on my naked spirit bear the uncreated beam? So we're created, we're fallen, we're in darkness, our heart is corrupted. How, I can't explain it, how can we, um, as it were, uh, um, receive the uncreated beam, the lights of the knowledge of the glory of God. It's not by intellect. It's no, not it's by not. A, a learning, as it were, the yeshiva, you know, no, all of the, the teachings it's, of the rabbis that Paul would have learned. By the gift, by he the gift get of there, faith and grace that, that allows us to say, see it. Exactly. He didn't get there it's by the all of God. Of, um, all of God. And, and ultimately, you know, whether you're a Calvinist or an Armenian or whatever, they're just arguments. It really doesn't matter. You're either saved or you're not. Yeah. And it's yes. as simple as that. How you're you, either born how, or How you got there, you know, whether you made a decision or the Lord made it for you, they're, they're just human arguments. They really don't matter. You're either born again or you're not. That's right. Um, you either believe or you don't. And being born again, you're born of the Spirit, so you become yeah. spiritually alive. So that, yes. that light has come in and you become spiritually alive yes mm. and then you're in a new life in Christ a whole Jesus. new life and you can start gone. to see in these scriptures what yeah. others can't see which is I, it, it bugs me though it grieves me that, that I uh, we all have grown up with friends we have friends today who don't see it who don't give any time to it who are whose hearts really are darkened and they're not open they're hardened yeah mm. it, it reminds me of one Peter 123, having been born again, yeah. not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, mm. which lives and abides forever. And it says, um, all flesh is as grass, but the word of the Lord endures forever. This is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Mm -hmm. So how are we born? Is it by our own efforts? Did it, can I claim credit for my birth? Ridiculous, isn't it? It was just the seed mm. that brought me to birth. I can't claim Yeah. Um, credit for that and we are born again simply by receiving the word of the gospel uh, praise God mm. and then that word does it for us it's mm. by grace mm. not not of works Derek, Derek uses uh, praise God a little bit like David uses Selah you know, in, in the Psalms I love it he just yeah. you know you can't but say praise God yeah when you think of what <laughs> he's done for it? us it's it is all of him not not of us, mm. not of us. Mm. We're in the last minutes. Shall I risk it, John, for a comment? Final comment. Well, <laughs> it's hard to just jump in with a final, final comment, but I, it, is, it is awesome that the Lord has picked us out 
and I'm not pretending I understand it, but he said very clearly, in, if we talked about in Ephesians, yeah. how he called us before the foundation of the world. And here we see, you know, that the Lord formed Paul in his mother's womb, and yes. when the time was right, he, he called him. And it's the same yeah. with, with everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. We've enjoyed another cracking Bible study in Galatians, and um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Bless you, and we'll see you next week.